So this third story, which is certainly not my last story, but um, it's the third of the three that I've been saying over and over and over again for probably what feels like 20 years, even if it's not 20, maybe it's only 15 or something, but some of them forever. So again, super excited to have these recorded. Then I can just send them to sponsees and um, fellows or whatever. But this story is all about the love team. And I do explain um, in uh, this recording that I did when I was talking to a new sponsee that I learned about the love team when I started getting involved um, in business meetings and then also doing um, uh, stuff at the intergroup level. And so I just want to take a moment here to talk about, you know, um, that the steps are for me and the traditions are for the group. And that after I had done the steps and I was more and more invested um, in uh, the group, I started to study the traditions more. And better than reading the traditions is actually going to a meeting or going to a business meeting or doing service or doing and learning how the traditions actually play themselves out learning things like that's an outside issue um, our primary purpose um, you know the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop eating that all of the decisions that are made at uh, you know the business meeting level and intergroup level and region one and world service, they're all guided by the traditions and the traditions have principles attached to them the same way that um, the steps have principles attached to them. And then there's also uh, the 12 concepts, which I believe are at the world service level, which I have yet to um, study because I I haven't gone that high up yet. I'm still at the intergroup level in my, you know, uh, service evolution. So, and with that, I will say that how my service started was I took a very simple service position at a group level. I picked a home group and then decided that that was the meeting that I was going to do service at. And then for those who don't know, a home group is the one that you try to make it's just what it sounds like, your home. Like, that's the meeting that you feel most connected to, and that's the one that you make the biggest commitment not to miss. And um, and so that becomes your home group. So, yeah, I started with just, you know, whatever easy little um, service positions were, and, and then eventually that led to secretary, and, and then I did all the different service positions, treasure, everything. I even actually started my own um, meeting, which is still going strong. Wednesday is 6.30 in Southeast. And uh, and then, you know, eventually I plateaued and um, needed, my program needed more. I just, you know, needed something new to, you know, revitalize my program. And then I started doing, um, well, I had been an intergroup rep and, and then I sort of started doing service at intergroup level. And that's where I am now. And when I turn into an old biddy, um, I will be probably doing uh, world service or service at the world service level. We'll see. Anyway, that's my prayer. Anyway, so this is all about um, learning the traditions, which is also about learning how to play on the love team. Thanks. Bye. 
So the other analogy is the love team and the fear team. So again, in my 20s, figuring out what all this is about. And I realized like, you know, they, they talk about in the rooms, like not getting the manual, right? Mm -hmm. Like I came on, no one gave me the rule book. And that's when I, when I started to understand what was happening on a bigger level, I realized like, oh, what we all have in common is we came from these broken places where, you know, there was abuse of power in some form or another, um, or it was just a totally fear-based environment. And so I, and this is when I actually started to understand this when I uh, joined, started going to business meetings and doing the inner group. This level of awareness came when I upped my service level and it was more about what's best for the group or what's best for the region or inner group or whatever. It was like learning all about the traditions. When I learned all about the traditions is when I understood this, which is like, oh, okay. So I imagined that it's like, imagine if, um, you know, that you were raised in like the ghetto where it is just like violence is just the norm. And it's all survival, it's all might makes right, and the game, and it's all about the analogy of basketball. The game of basketball, I grow up there, right? And I think basketball is street basketball. I go, there's asphalt, no lines, no nothing. It's just like a thing, no hoop. You know, I mean, there's a hoop, but no net. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just whatever, and it's a pick-me-up game, and it's like, you know, might makes right people, no referee, no rules. It's basically like our team against your team making a basket. We've got these loose rules, you know what I mean? That, you know, no one's regulating. So it's like, oh, you were traveling. No, I wasn't. And if you say I am, I'm going to fucking stab you. It's like, oh, okay, you weren't traveling. And now we all have to agree that he wasn't traveling when we all saw him traveling. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, and I think that's what basketball is. I actually think that. And turns out that I'm actually kind of good at it, you know what I mean? But there's something that's, but here's the thing. It's like this where we're going to cross analogies. I'm a mermaid. I don't like having to be this hardcore and rough and getting hurt. I'm, and so what happens is in this story, in this allegory is, is that I get, you know, like I'm on the court and my best friend in an effort to get the ball just fucking elbows me like to death and I end up on the ground hurt. And they go make a sport and I'm supposed to be okay with it. And I'm not, I'm not. And so like, I, I'm like, you know what? Oh yeah, I gotta go. Oh, did you get hurt? No, no, I didn't get hurt. I just uh, gotta go watch my brother. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm cool. You know me, of course I'm fucking hurt and I wanna cry, but I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. You know, I was like, oh, I gotta go watch my brother. You know, I have to lie. And then I'm limping fucking home and I go a different way. And this is the whole like, you know, you know, divine intervention or whatever. It's like, maybe there's some, like some sort of crazy detour thing. And I have to walk down a different, and I walk by this big, huge building that I've never seen before. And, and for whatever reason, it attracts my attention. And I come to the door and I look in and I don't know what it is, but what it is, is a gymnasium. And it's got these fucking hardwood floors, you know, and it's got lines on the sign. All I see is a bunch of people with a basketball. I know what that is. You know what I mean? And I come and I'm watching them play and I'm just like enthralled. I'm like, what? And, uh, and I'm sitting on the bleachers and I'm just hanging there and they're like, do you want to come play? And I'm like, no, nah, no, I don't want to come play. But I'm watching. You know what I mean? And I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. 
and I keep coming and watching and I keep coming and watching and then you know someone comes over and like throws me a ball and I throw it back and they're like come on and I still and eventually I just start to whatever and then finally they're like well hey if you want to play you can join our team now here's the thing I think I'm you know BDOC you know I think I'm big dyke on campus and I just like I'm going to show these people how to play and I take the ball and I like three seconds I get the whistle blown on me <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, so it's because it's a humbling experience because my way of being in the world, you know what I mean? I don't know how to play this game, but there's such a part of me, but I'm also amazed at like, you know, that, um, someone got hurt and the whole team stopped and went over and went to make sure that this person, so I'm being amazed at how people are relating here. You know, I'm being amazed like, like, oh, there's a referee so that when I see someone foul, you know what I mean? It hurt, someone gets called on it and they have to do a timeout and whatever, and they're not getting shamed for it. They're not what I'm just floored. And that's the love team. You know what I mean? And I'm seeing them huddle up and whatever. And I'm seeing them do weird things like drills, you know, like, oh, you know, and and people are coming over and the coach is coming over who I think owns the team, but they don't. They're just maybe they're rotating coaches each week. And they're like, you know, we want to make you the best player you can be. Really? And then you'll make the, you know, so and the the stronger the team is, the stronger you're going to the player you're going to be. So we always put what's best for the team. That's the love team. And eventually what happens is, is that after I get exposed to this, I can't do the fear team anymore. And this is where for some of us, it's like I had to let go of a lot of relationships. Like I don't want to play this way anymore, you know. But again, that's the commitment of being on the love team. It's like this is who I want. This is where I want to play. These are the kinds of people I want to be in relationship with. No, we're not perfect or whatever, but we have this collective agenda you know, like we want to be, we, we want to be softer, kinder, gentler people. We want to self-actualize. We want to support each other for doing that. We don't want to enable each other because that's dehumanizing. And we want to just try to do the best we can. And we want to play a game of basketball and have fun. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's my whole love team, fear team. And I actually have stickers called the love team. I know. I'll send you one. <laughs>